Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Scherer. Today I spoke with Padma Devi Dasi, who came to the D.C. area from New York City. She and her husband were close with a famous Hare Krishna leader, Bhakti Tirtha Swami. We discuss her journey and her observations along the way. You can hear the Questions for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, iTunes, and on YouTube. Many thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. Welcome to Questions for the Sages, a podcast from the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Michael Scherer, and today I'm speaking with Padma Devi Dasi? Yes. That's your, that's your whole name. That's my whole initiation. And I have seen you uh, for a few years here. You're, you're a regular yes. at the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. I am. I am. I've been here since 95. Okay. 1995. I uh, sauntered into the Potomac Temple and um, was given service immediately by another devotee, and she's no longer here. Her name is, I think her name is Janava now. Janava? Janava, she's initiated by, um, I, I, don't I can't think of his name at the moment, but she's initiated by him. But she immediately engaged me in taking care of, of uh, Tulsi Davy, And I was new. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Sometimes I found this is just something that happens, mm-hmm. where people who come here have a lingo. Mm-hmm. That's not the people who 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 aren't regulars don't know what it is. Okay. You 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 came here and immediately were told to take care of Tulsi. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tulsi Davy is our plant. Okay. That's, that um, it originated in India. It's a it's a um, a spiritual plant. Well, it's um, I believe in Latin it's like it translates to holy basil. Yes. Right. Exactly. And uh, it's called Tulsi yes. in... Tulsi Devi. Is that Sanskrit? Yes, Tulsi Devi is her name. So you you came here, mm-hmm. and you were put in charge of what? Taking care yeah, of Tulsi? Tulsi Devi. After I came, she saw I was a new devotee, so she wanted to cultivate me. Uh-huh. I was not initiated yet. Uh-huh. I had not... Um, I think... I, I'm not sure if I had been introduced to Bhakti Tirtha Swami yet, which is my... Guru, but um, I was had been. I came here. Well, why did you come? Because I had always when I was. I'm originally from New York City. Okay. I could have met Paul Pod. You could have. I could have. My I live next door to my sister, which her and her husband met Paul Pod. Really. In 1975, I think it was, and we were of course regular people doing this and that and everything and they met Prabhupada and the next day their lives were changed immediately and was well, this apparent to you they came and told me oh, know, yeah? that they had met him and that they changed their lives they weren't eating meat anymore they were going to read the Bhagavad Gita and be with the deities and I mean my sister was preaching um, like there was no tomorrow about Paul Pot. She was on fire, huh? She was on fire, and it frightened me. 
mm. because I was a God conscious person looking for something more. I had always been to all different denominational churches, but not nothing was satisfying. Okay. So when this came along, I said, yes, but I'm not ready to make this commitment like What this. kind of commitment? What, what do you mean commitment? a commitment? Prabhupada wanted you to give up eating meat, no intoxication, no sex, no gambling. Right. So, the, and that, that was, as a commitment, was like, uh... How, how, you know, not that I was a gambler or well, you know, yeah, that I mean, sort of thing, but... I don't say, I can't imagine that you were ever, <laughs> <laughs> like, you were, you were never bad news. No, but, you know, at that time you were eating meat and you sure, were sure, indulging sure. in this and that and the other, you know, which is in the material world that people do. Mm -hmm. And you were born doing this. Sure. So now you have to cut it off, and I had not gotten that feeling. I knew this was what I wanted, but not yet. Now, but what you knew at this point was just what your sister had told you, right? No, she had given me the Bhagavad Gita. Okay. And I had read through it, and I said, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Really? And then I ch my life was upside down at that time, and I chanted a few rounds, and things became different. It became better. And really? I said, is this really, you know, am, you know, am I, is this really, is this really happening? So I would put it down mm -hmm. and things would become worse again. So you're sort of doing a little testing. Yes. Checking it out. Yes. So, but just after that, I would go to the temple and have the association of the devotees and see the Lord, um, uh, Radha Govinda. And that was enough for me. Uh -huh. And that took me, oh, maybe 10 years. That was plenty. Sure. Till I got to Maryland. And so I, you moved from New York City? To Maryland in 94. Uh-huh. And was here, we didn't know anyone, my husband and I, and was here maybe a month or a month and a half, and I became like somebody that was on drugs because right. I had not had the association of the devotees or the association of the deities or anything. So I called back to New York to say, is there a temple here, you know, somewhere? So she uh, informed me where the Baltimore temple was, and it was hard to get through. You to know, get was, through? To, calling them was always a recording. It was hard to contact the temple on the phone. Yes, very much so. And I was like, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, someone on drugs. Why? What was going on? I needed this association. You had, I needed... had, had you realized in New York City how dependent you had grown on Yes, it? I had. Because when I, I worked in the village, and I had, to, I had to get to the temple in Brooklyn every Wednesday and every Sunday to fortify working with the outside world. But mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until I got here. Right. Right. Yeah. So you got here, and, and then you realized. you realized how much you needed that. Yes, that's for sure. So from you know, I finally got in contact with the Baltimore Temple and found how to get there with the yes, and um, by this time I had not seen or had the association of devotees or the Lord for almost two months. Uh huh. And I got there, and Baltimore was packed with devotees. And my husband, I had never told him about 
Krishna consciousness because I was afraid he wasn't going to like it. Oh. But he would drop me in New York always. I never talked about it. He never asked me anything. Okay. So when he got, so now I have to take him with me. So when mm -hmm. he got there, I, um, he was always so amenable. I got there and he, I said, oh, we have to go in. And it was wall-to-wall -wall devotees. There. Now, how come there was wall-to-wall -wall devotees in the temple and no one was answering the phone? That's how it is. I That's guess so. how it was at that I, time. Yeah. Everything was I, on a recording. I think that yeah, I think things have improved a little yeah. bit. Since yes, then, it's maybe. much better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they didn't move, and I was used to you know, Indian devotees thinking that this is their temple. So yeah. I made my own path up to Jagannath, and when I got there, the tears just came like really? nothing. I was just so happy to see him and. Um, then I looked back and my husband was still at the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, come on, come on. He didn't move. So when I was, the, the, someone was speaking, uh, I don't know what the program was about or anything, but when it was over, I went to him and I said, well, how do you like it? And he said, I don't like it. I don't like these people. They're rude. And so I said, oh my God, Krishna. I said, I, I have to come here. I have to see the yeah, devotees. Yeah, this is a real dilemma. So out comes a devotee. Uh, in black body, she comes out and she says, "How may I help you?" And now, I, when you say in black body, the meaning Afro American. Yeah, I just don't want them to think that this is a another sort of no, lingo that people Af aren't familiar with. Afro American devotee, which was rare at that time to see, because you know, yeah. it's it an Indian culture, so to speak, at that time. Uh, now, uh, this is a, a, a slight aside, but but when I talked to Jiva Tatvadas, mm -hmm. he said that when he came here, it was all white devotees really? and that the Indians weren't quite integrating yet into it, but he sort of was he helped to he was here. Well there maybe, but in Baltimore In Baltimore it was different. Different. When I came here he was right. When I came to Potomac Temple, there was a mixture of people. and when was that? That was in ninety five. Okay, so in so the Baltimore Temple was more Indian? Indian, yes. And then here there was more, more of, a, of a variety of people. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So, so, but yeah, but we're at your, your, basically your husband's first encounter. Yes, and he wasn't happy. So, uh, which is our God sister now, Mother Jagannath said, Oh, um, I have a spiritual mentor. And she told his name at that time was Srila Krishnapad. He hadn't changed it to Bhakti, hadn't been changed to Bhakti Tirtha Swami. And we have a preaching center on 9th Street in Washington, D.C. I'll give you the address. You're, this will be more amenable for your husband. He'll be, he'll, he'll like this. Yeah. So we went, and sure enough, you know, the devotees opened the door, and they were warm and, and genuine. He didn't, still didn't see the, you know, the deities there. They, were, they had deities, but he hadn't seen them. You know, oh, okay. you know, it was just a warm atmosphere, and they had classes and everything. Bhakti Tirtha Swami was in Ghana or Nigeria. He was away, away in Africa, and we hadn't met him. Uh huh. 
So uh, the devotees, they moved to out to Harwood and we followed them to Harwood because it was very wonderful. It was um, people with all kinds of background and they were loving and warm and, you know, genuine. And was your husband sort of warming uh, he, to them? He enjoyed it because they were all, you know, had PhDs and, you know, mm. Krishna's arrangement, you know. Yeah. Everybody was on his level, so to speak. Okay. So he was pretty much taken with them. And then we met Bhakti Tirta in a um, uh, non-denominational church, and he was on a panel. And it was seven clergy speaking, and he was the last one to speak. And I was so bored. I said, oh my God, why did I waste my time coming here? You know, but he I hadn't said, spoken yet. He had not spoken. And then he spoke without ever saying Krishna. He told us all about being loving and kind and and what God was all about. And, then, and I said, he answered all my questions. I have been looking for this forever. You know, it, it's interesting. Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj, uh, is that the correct, yes. his correct title? Mm -hmm. um, is sort of a legendary character mm -hmm. within ISKCON. Yes. And was... Uh, extremely powerful yes while being completely gentle yes I don't know anything about him I mean really I mean I know a little uh, I've seen pictures mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I know of him through his reputation mm -hmm. but what was he like he was wonderful he was born in Cleveland he, he had lots of sisters and brothers um, they were all and his mother raised him um, she was really loving, you know, and he was very, they were all very loving to their mother. Uh, they, all the sisters and brothers were, had a different take on God, you know, they belonged to this church or that church or whatever, but they really worshipped and honored him. He was a, from a background of um, being poor, he uh, met somebody that put him in a prep school. And from prep school, he went to Princeton University and became a scholar. Um, and he met, I don't know, I'm not quite sure how he met Sheila Parapod, hmm. but he met Sheila Parapod, and from there he was a book distributor in the Western, in Europe, in the Western countries, um, wearing, and at that time, you know, um, an Afro-American really stood out. Yeah. But he was... Well, yeah, I mean, everybody stood out. Yes. And so an African-American would stand out even more. In Russia. Oh, my in goodness. Russia. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. in Russia. He was in Germany, and they were chasing him around. And, really? And he was able to sell so many books, and Paul Paul was so pleased with him. Hmm. You know, and he wrote him letters and told him how pleased he was, and he came to meet Paul Paul. And then he... I don't know exactly when they made him a sannyas. You know, when he you know, was... That mean, what does that mean exactly? That means he became uh, a, a swami to initiate. Okay. Um, with the sort of the... He's invested with the powers yes, to, to initiate, initiate other to people. To take on other, you know, yes, other uh, people. Okay. Them, yes, so... So he, he, he started and he started initiating in South Africa. I think his, his first devotees here... Uh, was on, he initiated in, on 10th Street. They had another program, and I think it was four of them um, that he initiated first. 
and then he started preaching at Howard University, wearing all kinds of different outfits and garments and things to attract people. He was so flamboyant. And and this is how he brought along all these students and people were just enamored by what he had to say and how he was, you know, but we didn't meet him at that period. Well, well you said, was this the first time you heard him talk at this panel discussion? First time ever. And were you with your husband? Yes. And what did your husband think? My, uh, I don't, I, I, he was excited too, but I think I was more excited. But you had to be quiet while you were in there. So I really wanted to jump up and down <laughs> in my seat. So when we got outside, I said, did you think he was talking directly to you? He said, I did. Mm. And I said, oh my goodness, you know, because I had met so many swamis in New York. And... Um, I didn't get that vibration. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that feeling. I was privileged to sit under powerful Gorgovindaswami, which was my sister's and her husband's um, um, guru. Guru, and but I, I didn't get any, you know, anything. You know, well, from what's me. interesting, I think that you seem to have had this sort of fundamental connection. Uh, a need, mm -hmm. like uh, you said, when you when you when you finally waded through the crowd in in Baltimore and you got to the Jagannath deity, you cried. Mm -hmm. I mean, that alone says there's there's something particular about this that that speaks to you. you you're 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 um, you have the aptitude or the um, Inclination, or there, there's something that jives, something that's that's corresponding here, right? Yes, and I, I think it's it's uh, for lack of a better a God consciousness within me that I think I was born with. Because I'll tell you a, a specific thing that happened to me as a, a child at four years old. My mother was giving birth. You know, at that time in New York City, we had. Twin doors, you know, yeah. and I had my own room, and she was right outside in her room, and I awoke, but I couldn't move. The sun was on my face. I knew it was time to get up, and the more I struggled, the more I got nervous because I couldn't move. I could not move. I could only lay there, and I struggled more than I said, no, don't move. Just relax and wait. Maybe in a minute you'll be able to move. All this is going on in my head at four years old. So I didn't move. And then I awoke. I was able to get up. And when I got up and opened the door, my mother had just delivered my brother. Uh -huh. And I say always I wasn't supposed to see this. Yeah. I, I was not to, Krishna did not let me see this delivery or let me be in that room at that time oh, I see. that she was delivering. And as soon as I opened the door, my aunt came and ushered me out, you know. But, I, you know, uh, you know, God Were you was, shocked at what you saw? Were, were how I was, what happened to me. I wasn't shocked with my mother delivering, but... That you were frozen. frozen. Now, now, by the way, and this is just an aside, um, that's happened to me before. Mm -hmm. I wasn't four, uh -huh. but I, I was in my like early teens, mm -hmm. and um, there's there's a medical explanation. It mm -hmm. has something to do with uh, when you sleep, something gets disconnected, and when you wake up, it gets reconnected. 
Okay. So, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's what they say medically. Yeah, I forget the exact explanation, mm-hmm. but I have had a, a, a similar experience of waking up and not being able to move. And, mm-hmm. and there are other people who've had that. But mm-hmm. to have had it at this moment mm-hmm. is uh, significant. Mm-hmm. So was this something that deepened your faith? Or did you feel like mm-hmm. somehow an intervention, some sort of divine intervention had prevented you from... Uh, Witnessing the birth of your brother. As I got older, I did. I thought like that. Um, my, uh, uh, I was always when my mother told me when I was born that people would look and say, "You have to, you have to bless this child. You have to have a Christian," you know, and they would say it over and over and over to her. So she had me Christian or whatever, and I was baptized in Christian fifteen thousand times, but not feeling anything about it. You know, as I got old, I went from church well, to wait, church wait, wait. to whatever. Well, why were why? What was this interest of outsiders in your in your religious spiritual state? Was it is there something peculiar about you? I don't. I can't say. <laughs> I can't I mean, say. Well, why did this happen? I don't know. I can't. I can't ex- tell you why. But my this is what my mother said to me. This is what she told me. People would look in the cabin and say, "You you have to have this baby christened." Yeah, huh. yeah. Okay. So, but I have no idea. I don't know if this influenced me as being God conscious or they saw something or whatever. I have no idea. I only know that I, we had to go to church as children. My mother yeah. was not so much of a church goer, but she made sure we went to church. Yeah. She didn't care what church we went to as long as you went to church. Did you have a favorite one? No. No, they were all kind of the same. They were all kind of the same. And they weren't, well, you know, it's funny. You know, imagine your life where you hadn't come across Hare Krishna Mm -hmm. devotees. You wouldn't have anything to compare with. So you might have a favorite one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this has sort of completely spun your perspective. Yes, yes. For sure. I mean, it, it it has when 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 I was given the Bhagavad Gita and saw all that was taking place in the Bhagavad Gita and that it was going to come to fruition now, I said, "Oh, this is what I've been looking for. There's more to life than what's happening here, and nobody's saying anything." Nobody's saying you know, anything about what. No, even the people that were preaching, uh-huh. they were taking out and putting in what they wanted to put in, in the scriptures. Yeah. You know, they weren't telling you the whole truth. Because they didn't know it, or because they didn't. Uh... I don't know if they were going to profit from it or not profit from it, or maybe they didn't know it, or maybe they thought this was the way to preach to you. And it, it just it just didn't feel right. Just didn't, you know. And what did your husband think of the Bhagavad Gita? I assume he started reading it oh, too. Oh yes, he he. In the beginning, I don't know if he really thought much. He he was. He's always been very amenable to whatever I wanted. Uh-huh. So. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's an he's an avid reader. Uh-huh. But I think in the beginning he was reading it like it was novels. 
all, all these books, you know, he wasn't getting anything out of them. Hmm. Uh, you know, going to the classes and having Bhakti to explain, having the association, chanting your rounds helps govern your life if you really want it. And being that he was much older starting Krishna consciousness, and being in the material world and being a, a doctor, you're a scientist, you, you know, you know Which we that. actually, we haven't, we haven't gotten into, but your husband is a medical doctor? A medical doctor. And did he sort of strike up a rapport with Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj? Yes, I mean, yes. I would imagine there was some sort of, at least appreciation of each other's intellect. Yes, right away. And he was giving the honors of um, editing his books. Immediately, oh. he edited his books, and he was in charge of all the things that happened with the books. Okay, so it's funny in 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 the Hari Krishna world, there are uh, sort of things you do when you go to the temple. Mm -hmm. There's sort of almost I'm going to say civilian activities mm -hmm. where you know you go, you listen to a talk, you learn how to chant, and things like this. But then there are these instances. For instance, where your husband was uh, editing books, mm -hmm. it's sort of like you become—you're actually performing a, a service. service. Yes. And this idea of performing service is is central to the Hare Krishna philosophy and religion. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a religion, it's it's service based. Mm -hmm. So, I would imagine that. If anything was going to tilt your husband in favor of the Hare Krishna movement, it was going to be something like editing books, books. or doing something where his talents are being utilized for a, for a bigger purpose. Yes. And this is how uh, Bhakti Tita Swami operated. He figured out what your talent was and how he could interject it into doing service for Krishna for him or however it went, you know. Yeah. And so when everybody had service and I didn't have a service, I, I went immediately to Lord Nityananda and I said, oh, I said, everybody has a service. I don't have a PhD and I'm not a doctor and I'm not this. What service can I do for my guru? The next day, a devotee called. She said, we're moving, Bhakti Tirtha Swami is moving his disciples to Gitanagri. Where's that? That's in Pennsylvania. Okay. They have a, we have a, a, um, a farm in Pennsylvania. Gitanagri is called, with cows, and it's, it's a rural but beautiful area. So and he was just starting, he was going to be in charge of this area. There was nobody there, nobody to govern the property. Uh -huh. So he was asked to go there and be in charge. And he was taking his devotees from the city, his first devotees he had initiated, to Gitanagri. So she says to me, and I need somebody to do my service. And I said, well, what service is that? She says, well, I cook for Rani Gopinath. I screamed in her ear for maybe three minutes or whatever. I was just <laughs> screaming. I didn't even know her that well. And then I got a hold of myself and I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I said, um, 
I said, but I, I said, I only have first initiation. She said, that's all right. Bhakti Tirtha said, you can cook for Radhi Gopinath and someone else will do the offering. And I said, oh my goodness. So I said, I'm so sorry for screaming in your ear like that. I said, but I didn't know what service I could do because I'm a chef by trade. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sir. So I said, "Oh my goodness!" Then um, she said, "Well, I, I." She said, "I hope one day I'll be as enthusiastic about service as you are." Mm. And I was like surprised because she had been a devotee for a while. Yeah. You know, but there's you know people that it takes. And there's time. different levels of enthusiasm. Yes. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and then when I got off the phone home from her, I was just newly. A person that had not cooked with, you know, was cook, cooking vegetarian, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. I cooked always half vegetarian. When I cooked in New York, I cooked um, meat and, and vegetarian food. My sister was screaming at me, you have to stop this. You know? Right, right, right. So now I have to do this cold turkey. And cook. Uh, uh, you mean no turkey? No, no turkey, <laughs> no turkey at all. And then I uh, so and now and then I have to tell my family that I'm not cooking meat anymore, or whatever. And they were, you know, not happy about oh, that. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah. Not happy about that, but they soon got over it. You know, it took him two years to mm. really realize that I was serious about this. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, I cooked. So the day I cooked. I was on pins and needles. So when the devotee, which is my godbrother, he's so funny, he lives in Detroit. And I said, well, what did the, what did the deities say? Did they, like, did they like the prasadam? He said, Mother Padma, don't worry about the deities. Worry about the devotees, what they're going to say about the prasadam. I laughed. So that's how it went. So I've been cooking ever since. Um, mm -hmm. When you switched to vegetarian, mm -hmm. did uh, did any health issues come up? No, because my husband and I had been weaning ourselves off uh, meat mm -hmm. anyway, but no, not at all. Because uh, you know, I, I think this deserves some attention mm -hmm. in 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 um, uh, in ISKCON. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I keep saying ISKCON, and that's the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's also known as the Hare Krishnas. Um, there's an assumption, or at least what I've heard is that don't eat meat and you'll be healthy. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. It's not so straightforward because I think that people in this movement have suffered from diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sort of elevated blood sugar because they're eating a lot of sweets, yes. you still have to eat well, and, and that's something you have to put some thought into. Exactly. It's not just like you cut out meat and then live happily ever after. No, no. and that's, that's the problem. You have to be regulated, and we also know when you get to a certain age, your body does not tolerate a certain way of eating as if you were a young person. Yeah. Even when you're eating meat in the material world, you can get diabetes. Yeah. You know, you can get all oh, these yeah, things, yeah, yeah. you know. But we have a tendency, like you say, to eat, you know, not not on um It's ve it can be vegetarian yeah, but, but still not healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the challenge today is to learn how to eat 
properly. Yeah. And I think we have more of a chance with the younger people than we do with older people because they're used to eating a certain way. So all you can do when I cook, I know what kind of group I'm going to cook for. So I introduce one thing, just one thing for them to try that's a little crunchy or that you can see that the, the, the green beans are green, you know, that sort of thing. Or the salad is, you don't have to put all, you know, oil or whatever on right, it or right. sugar. So just one thing and, you know, people come back and say, oh, I like that. So then you add something else. And a second thing. A second thing. Because I was cooking here on Tuesdays, but then I got another service, you know, taking mm -hmm. care of my uh, godbrother's children because he's in service and his wife works, so I um, stopped cooking on Tuesdays. But it was it was a real challenge because um, the first of the month, about fifteen or sixteen Indian women would come for lunch, uh -huh. and they would tell me what they wanted to have for lunch, and it would be all Indian food, and I still would interject. Mm -hmm. Something new. American stuff. Yeah, something yeah. new, or something healthy. Yeah. Because everything is sometimes really cooked a lot, you know. Right. You know, or a lot of oil, or a lot of whatever. So I would interject something that was not oily or you know healthier. Like you could see what it was, you know, so to speak. Uh, let me ask you this: What? I would imagine I'm 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 sort of imagining a, a comeback mm -hmm. to to my notion that you can be vegetarian and still eat very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I imagine some people here would say, "Well, it's prasadam, mm -hmm. so it's good for you." And what do you really care about this temporary body anyway? But. I think we do have a responsibility to take care of this body as best we can. Exactly. Even though there is such a, you know, uh, you'll, you'll hear that you are not this body yeah, ten times if you visit the temple. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there is sort of a, uh, it's almost a disdain. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a self-disdain, mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you need to take care of yourself. Exactly. And this is another thing that we should um, really uh, clamp down on, on how how to prepare this prasadam. Yeah. You know, how to prepare this shop because Krishna eats everything, and he's not hungry, really. We're just doing a service. Right. So we have to, and we get to partake. So we have to, as you say, take care of ourselves, and we have to learn how to cook properly. But it's hard to teach, you know, when people have been doing mm -hmm. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when now we have cooking classes mm -hmm. and we show how you can prepare something that's healthy and it's still tasty. Yes. And, and it still tastes wonderful, even if it's vegetarian. It, and you don't use so much oil yeah, or, or sugar. sugar or whatever, or That's white, what flour. It, white flour, and you can yeah. use something else, or however, yeah. Yeah. because it, it is a problem, this white flour and sugar. Mm -hmm. But certain things, like pre preparing a cake, you've got to use white flour, you know. Oh, but sure. And do you, you use flax, uh, ground flax, instead of uh, eggs? I don't use, I use yogurt. Oh, that's the thickener, or that's mm -hmm. the binder? Yeah, for me, okay. I use yogurt, or, and they have another um, product out, which is egg replacer uh -huh. that you can use. 
you can also use um, sour cream, I mean uh, lemon juice and milk. To okay, curd curdle it. Yeah, yeah, that way. You can do it like that. So when you were, uh, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj moved to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and you stayed here to cook? I stayed here because the preaching center was still going on. So you were cooking for the preaching center? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you, as as a as a, a cook in a preaching center, you must have met a lot of people coming through. You must yes. have met all of the sannyasis. I, all I, got, the, I got to cook for them, you know, because they for, would come to see Bhakti Tirtha Swami, you know. Right. Yeah. So it was right. really, it was really, really wonderful at that time, um, because uh, you know we don't see many sannyas now. You know, but we used to see uh, see them often. You know, yeah. they would come here and they would have meetings and whatever, and I would get to cook. Uh -huh. So it's, it was a wonderful time, um, and of course you were always on pins and needles that it was going to come out. You would make your guru pleased, you know, but whatever you right, were doing, right. you know, yeah. So it was a wonderful time at that time. And it, I don't have the sort of impression that you ever looked back. No. You, you knew this was right for yes. you. Yes. You knew it. Yes. Yes. And how about your husband? I think he feels the same way. Oh, yeah? If I can speak for him, I think he feels the same way. I think he... he when we moved here, we thought that we were going to um, take trips and go up and down, you know, the east coast, the east the coast. We've, of course we've been everywhere, you know, but that's what we thought we were going to do, bird watch, you know, nonsensical things, you know, uh, and I couldn't do that. I said, oh my goodness, this is so boring, this mm -hmm. is terrible, I this was like somebody on drugs looking for Krishna consciousness. You know, I just couldn't sit still. And so it has fulfilled our life. Hmm. You can't, we're always busy. Yeah. You know, he's still involved with the books. All of Maharaj's, he says, has all Maharaj's books have been translated in Russian, Chinese, um, Italian, Portuguese. And people are still calling around the world, can I have this book, can I have that book? Uh, seeing that, you know, the books are reprinted. So he's still very busy. I said, you know, you have to transfer this over to somebody else. And, you know, he's a little bit leery because they don't have this enthusiasm as he's had about this, this book, you know. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that we didn't work. Now, most people are working now, they can't do both services yeah, yeah. like that, you know, that's the other thing. But we didn't work, or we, we, Krishna had, we had retired when we came. Uh-huh. So, you know, we, we, we could just delve into doing service. Wow. So, so yeah, you've, you've been um, conspicuously blessed. Yes. In, in, in many ways. Yes. Very conspicuously. You know, uh, I talked with um, Giri Govardhan Das this morning, mm -hmm. and um, he wanted me to ask a question of in general, and and this will become a um, uh, sort of I think incorporated into the into the podcast in general mm -hmm. as a question. Well, ha have you had any sort of 
difficulties you've had to overcome as a Hare Krishna? Uh, have there been any obstacles that you felt like um, you overcome them one way or another? Well, learning how to be um, patient and tolerant and not critical of others, you know, um, you know, the ego really takes over at times. Um, you're thinking a person has been in Krishna consciousness for so long and they know the scriptures and they know, you know, and, and they're aware of how you should behave and so on, and then they don't, you know. They don't meet the standard, kind know, of. No, and so, you know, I would kind of flare and I would, mm. you know, I would run to my guru and I would say, you know, such and such and such. And he would say, and I would expect a different answer. Well, he said, I want you to help them. And I would say, me? <laughs> and that's what he would do. He would give me a quick smile and he'd say yes, and he'd go back to whatever he was doing. And that means you were dismissed. Mm -hmm. And that's your service. Mm -hmm. You know? So um, now I still encounter that, you know? And I see things, and I, I feel this is my service, to try to, you know, somehow cultivate, or for lack of a better word, I don't know, I don't know if I'm cultivating, but help yeah. in whatever area it is if I can. And it's even nicer when people come to me and ask me or um, speak to me about certain things, you know, that I, and I see if mm -hmm. I can, you know, help, because this is how my guru was. Yeah. You know, he, he was uh, in this mode of, of helping someone to move forward, you know, and I would expect people to do the same thing for me, you know, yeah. like, you know something is wrong. So that has been my obstacle, and it's still, I'm still fighting being tolerant. Um, to certain things and um, the other obstacle, obstacle is reading more. Oh really? Reading more, oh, reading more. My husband is an avid reading uh -huh. reader so he tells me what he's reading so that means I don't have to read it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know I don't really have to go into it you know. So, but you're, so you're not a you're, you're, it's, it's, it doesn't sound like that's your inclination. No, my but, inclination is serving the Lord up close and personal. And and when you say and the that, could you could you sort of could you sort of break that open a little bit more? Like when you say serving the Lord up close and personal, what exactly does that mean? That means that my service is to dress and dress the deities. I I cook for them. Um, also serving his devotees. And for me, this is up close and personal, and he has allowed me to do this for almost 25 years. To be there and um, always had the service of serving, you know, being on the altar with the, with, with the Lord and being up close with the devotees and somehow they like to see me. <laughs> so I, I'm really, you know, blessed in that way. Yeah. Um, for me, this, you know, I just pray that my body stays healthy mm -hmm. and I'm able to do this service for a long time. Now, you know, it's funny, people, first of all, not everyone 
is in agreement about what happens after this body passes. But among those who believe that they will be reincarnated, among those, there's a huge variety of what their aspiration is for their next body and their next activity. What, what do you want to do in your next life? I want to be at the lotus feet of Krishna. So basically, you would, it sounds to me like if you are reincarnated, you would like to be born into a body that's doing basically what you're doing right now. Yes. So there's no, you're sort of at, you're in a good place, right? Yes. Uh, More than most people. You seem, you seem less troubled than most, I mean... Sure, you have you have maybe you have emotional yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, fieriness, yeah. and maybe that's that's an issue for you. But I mean, really, in the big picture, that's not that big a deal. No, I guess not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I've talked to people with much more serious sort of like a lot more clouds in their um, horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and 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 the thing you like the most is. Is the cooking or the serving on the altar, or, or the? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, serving on the altar. Oh yeah, is the favorite. Um, serving on the altar, I really like the association of all you know, all the devotees, the children. You know, they come and they hug me, and it's, you know, yeah. and you know, all, all. I just like that service of being able to serve or help or. Somebody tell me something, you know. Um, I like cooking too, but um, uh, at my age, it gets to be a little, you know, harder. Yeah. You know, to cook for an, a large amount oh, of people, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a small amount of people is good, but a large amount of people, you need help, you know. Oh, that sure. Sort of thing, you know, sure. so that's that's hard to find. Mm. So yeah. yeah. So if I have help, I don't mind, you know, but. Right. You know, it's a large amount, and I have to do it alone. It becomes a little, a little harder. Have you seen um, sort of the community and the movement change? Uh, uh, and in particular, this temple? Yes, yes, it's, uh, yes, it has. How? It's changed, it's changed for the better. In what way? The, the 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 congregational members are more loving and kind of to one another. We're able to speak to one another at time. You know, when I came to this people, people weren't speaking to one another. They weren't talking. There was no association. There was no camaraderie. There was you just came and nobody said anything to one another. And you know, hmm. so but it's now different. Yeah, it's so different, and I think. Each person that has been in charge has helped that right. move right along, you know. And as we see, it's all up to the person that's in charge how things. And right now, the person in charge is Ananda Vrindavanashri uh, Devadasi. Yes, and she has, I think, has brought it along um, a lot. Yeah. You know, with the uh, people associating with one another and, right. and, and giving, you know. A lot to, a lot, um, uh, entails on speaking to people, seeing how they are, what's going on in your life, mm-hmm. how, you know, 
how can I help you? How your children are right? Just touching them or whatever, you know. Yes. You know, everybody needs that. You know, when I when I was in Chicago and first came across the Hare Krishnas, mm -hmm. I mean, everyone was preaching. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of listening going oh, no. on. And I think that that was the nature of this movement at the beginning was like, okay, here's the truth. Now you go out there and unload it. And um, there was no <laughs> sense of like, learning from yeah. anybody no. you know no, uh, anybody right. and especially from anybody outside there's a very insular very um ideologically driven group mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's taken a, a long time for sort of some fresh air to yes and that's in. how it was and that's exactly how it was when paul paul was on this work they were preaching and you this is what you do this is yes. how you do yes. so you know you either took you went to see Paul Paul and you took the hymn that was con compassionate and kind and understanding. Or you had this fiery inclination like the people that were on the corner preaching yeah. to you. Right. So, you know, one way or the other. But. And, and yeah, and, and the problem with the sort of the, the avid preaching mentality is that you never think it's important to hear what other people have to say or what they're going through. That's it. You know? And that's yeah. problematic. Now, I, I would I think there's a balancing act between I have a truth that I want to convey and I don't want to lose it by being too receptive. So there is a balance between listening and asserting. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that, that Ananda has certainly shifted that balance mm -hmm. to where it, yeah. it seems healthier. Yeah, I think so too. I agree 100% because um, listening in Krishna consciousness and watching is most important. You don't have to know anything, but if you just watch the proper devotees, mm. you'll know what to do. And if you listen to the lectures, of those that are giving it sincerely and not being so technical, you will learn a lot too. So you have to remember when you are giving a class to bring it down to the level that the person in the street can understand. Right. Leave out the Sanskrit and all that and be real mm -hmm. of what's going on. You will have some that will come back and you will lose some. Some people don't want to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, but then you have some that will say yes because I understood what he was saying. He wasn't way up here because he's so and so, and he forgot I was down there. Right. So these are the things that we have to remember in speaking and meeting people that just keep it on their level. Uh, remember where you came from. If you were a person that lived in the project or in a poor area. Talk to that person, but if they're coming from that time, you know, it's not that you can't come up to the standard. You're a spirit soul. We all have the same soul, you know, and you, you could do it. Krishna arranges for you to meet me today because you needed to hear this, hmm. you know, yeah. whether you want to hear it or not, but, you know, and sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. Yeah. You know, so we can't be attached to the results. But we have to, as they would say, keep it real. Yeah, yeah. What is it you would like to achieve as a, as a Hare Krishna and, and for the community and with the community? 
Well, if I could accomplish um, like my guru, saving souls, mm. you know, um, trying to get through the people that, you know, this is all an illusion that we're in. It really is. Now, wait a minute. You're saying that you want to rescue people from that notion or tell them that that is the reality? <laughs> no, to, <laughs> to rescue people from this notion, to, you know, this is that we're, that we're, we're, we're all spirit souls and we're not here. We're only here temporary. Mm. And we have to figure out when it's out time, we're going to leave these bodies, that we're not frightened to death, that mm. we're not kicking and screaming going out of here, that we're... At, at peace, so to speak, when we leave, and that we know that we're going to be maybe take another body, but we want to take a, a, a human body. We don't want to be a chicken or a pig or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, that we may be able to get closer to God, and in some form, you know, some way, you know, um, not all not all of us will go directly to the, you know. You know, to um, paradise, paradise, so to speak. No. Well, I I wonder um, mm-hmm. the, the the sort of service for Krishna that you're doing. Uh, without getting too mm-hmm. like um, new agey here, but it is paradise. Mm-hmm. 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 So. Um, Do you want to go to paradise, or do you want to keep serving Krishna, or is that the same thing? Well, I would want to go to paradise because I don't, you know, Krishna has how many planets, you know, you go to different planets or whatever. I don't really want to do this again. Oh, you're, you've had enough. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this, you know. <laughs> and as we see, it's not getting better. You know, yeah. it was when I was a kid. It was wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you could leave the doors open. You could run all over the place. You could have. And fun. this was in New York City. Yes. Yeah. But now, uh, you know, people are becoming angrier and upset. Well, and, but, but but aren't there kids today who are going to look back on the, on today as as the the golden era? I mean, is it is is it a function of society or is it a function of your age? No, I think it's a function of society. You think there's really sort of a downturn? Yes, I do. I really do. I mean, you see now we're all the children are almost robotic with looking at the, the people, at the, at the cell phones. And, you know, I just read in Japan they have to put the, the lights on the ground, red, white, and green, because people are always looking down. They don't look mm. up at the lights that cross the street. Right. So this is really terrible. That you, you you have a device that you can't put down. And what's Yeah, the, the, uh, you know... I mean, in one way it's good, in one way it isn't. Well, see, I have... I wonder, because we often... We often talk about cell phones as, as a device that increases isolation. But what I wonder is if we would be even more isolated without them. So that they're, they're actually a remedy for a bigger problem that's getting worse. So maybe maybe um, cell phones are like a band-aid on an overwhelming problem of increasing isolation. Um, I think 
uh, we didn't have cell phones. We had phone, <laughs> oh, we, okay. we had yeah. we had phone booths and point, telephones. Point taken, yeah. And okay. we were not isolated. We yeah. had to speak to one another. Yeah. We had to talk whether we liked each other, whatever. We had to ask directions if the person did. But you were still communicating face to face. You could see the person's reaction physically warm, cold, however it was. Mm-hmm. On this device... Do you have a cell phone? I do. Do you use it? I use it to make calls and I... Do you it restrict do, it? I'm, I don't look at the cell phone ever. You see, it's in the car. Somebody... I okay. saw a devotee now. She has, always has a pocketbook. And I said, oh, you always have... I said, I have a pocketbook. I said, I've tried to put it on. And I said, I can't take it. So she says, I have my phone, my cell phone is in here, and my, you know, and I have to have my cell phone, you know, in case my kids call. Mm. You know, I have kids, I have this, I have people. It stays in the car, Mm. and then I go, I check it to see if it is. That's it. I turn it off at night. Okay, yeah, sure. And um, I'm addicted to other things. But mm. not cell phone, not okay. not computers, not stuff like this, you know. And my other addictions, I'm praying to Krishna, please let me get right. rid of that. Right, right. You know? So, you know, we, we but have... But you would like to wrap things up and go back to is Goloka Vrindavan? Mm, yes. Now, yes. Goloka Vrindavan, what is that? That's a paradise where Krishna is and you serve him. There's no taxes. <laughs> oh yeah? Where is this place? <laughs> there's no taxes, there's no, I mean I'm sure they have an occasional argument or whatever, or you know, they've played and they have sure. fun and whatever. You can't you can't play and have fun without getting into yeah, arguments, argument right? Or whatever, but you know, uh, you know, all all day long is all you do is serve Krishna. And that's where you'd like to go. That's where I'd like to go. I mean that's where I was and I, I got, you know, thinking I was much more and Krishna, so he said. He said, "Okay, try, try the material. Yes. And see how you like it." So I don't and, know. And you've tried it. I have, and, I, <laughs> and <laughs> I was lucky to come back in a human body to see that I tried it. You know, I don't. Mm. We don't know how many times we've come, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth here in other bodies. You know, yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm. And what about you? You mentioned that you were first initiated mm-hmm. and I see this is all a bit of a mystery to me I'm not initiated mm-hmm. so how many times have you been initiated uh, just once once twice by Bhakti Twigu first initiation and second initiation so you've had second initiation by Bhakti Tirta and at some point could you become a guru no just because you're not interested mm, that too but no um, it takes much more than that to become a guru. Okay. Uh, and I really don't know what they really go through, but they um, have to be sanctioned by the GBC. Well, what about your husband? By, no. We, we can become, we are gurus, so to speak, but we can't initiate anybody. Okay. You know, because people come to us and we can give our advice and we can tell them yeah. about Krishna consciousness and stuff like that. But officially, we can't initiate anybody. Okay, and it sounds like you're not particularly interested in, no. in doing that. No, no, not at all. And do a lot of people come to you for advice? Uh, a few. 
Yeah. A few. A few. So do you have a sort of... Um, following, you want to say? Well, yeah, I guess following, um, but sort of associates you get together with regularly and sort of... No, it's not on a regular basis because my service keeps me very busy. Um, devotees say, oh, Mother Palmer, you know, I've been trying to catch up with you and talk to you, so it was that sort of thing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, there's a devotee now that I'm trying to catch up with to speak to because I heard that she's in trouble and she's very introverted. She's not talking about it or whatever. Oh. And uh, it's a hit and miss, you know, thing, mm. you know. So that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I I travel, you know, sometimes to Virginia to see certain devotees that are having difficulties or whatever. But it's not on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, because, um, I don't know, just because. And I would like to do it more to, to, to uh, try and help them with their problem because it's 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 something that has happened to me. Usually things that a, young couples are talking about or people are talking about, you can help them with, you know. Yeah. You know. So well it's, it's nice, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a pleasant Krishna consciousness is really rewarding. Hmm. I find it really rewarding, but you know, like everything you have to put forth some effort. You yeah. get the reward, you know, and Krishna rewards you. He rewards you a lot. So, you know, it may not be something tangible, you know, that you're seeing, but it's, you, you, you get rewarded. Yeah. You know, and I always say to the devotees, I said, okay, when I leave here and I'm standing up before Yamaraj, which is the gatekeeper for those who get in and those who don't get in. He's sort of the Saint Peter yes. of, um, <laughs> of of the Vedic world. <laughs> and that's it. And he looks at He's his at list. He's at the gate. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. looks at his list and said, oh, Mother Palmer, you know that you said this or you did that or whatever. Oh, you did a good deed that day. Okay, mm-hmm. but that day you didn't run. You've got marks against you yes. and marks for you. Yeah, so let's see. Let's, let's tally, tally them up. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, it's, you know, more good than bad. I, I have a pretty good feeling. I think uh, <laughs> I think you may slide through. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm looking for. That's all. Even with scrapes. You know, I can just scrape me. Let me get it through here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. indeed. Hmm. Well, I think that's a, a good place to wrap up our interview. Um, thank you, uh, Padma Devi Dasi. Yes. And uh, I'm Michael Scherer, and you are listening to Questions for the Sages. Thank you, Michael. Thank you again, Padma Devi Dasi, for sitting for this interview. It was an honor, and thanks also to your husband, Marari Gupta Das. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music, and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Mm-hmm.